Hey everyone, welcome back to the Moto Alliance podcast. I am Peter Kapsner, president of Moto Alliance, and I'm here again with general manager Kevin Book. Kevin, you, you know, you're a little late coming in today. You're a little little delinquent. You're getting caught in traffic or something, right? I was, and, but I did. I made it back to studio at least because it's been now a couple of recordings, I think, since I've been in studio. So, but I was a little delinquent. Well, but here and, I am. And I'm guessing that part of it, and, and this is the shameless plug segment of the Moto Alliance podcast, that our Firestorm heaters that we've had in the market for the better part of seven or eight years now, uh, we did a fairly substantial refresh in this last year. Our One of our engineers, Jared, outfitted a lot of different machines, yep. again, that we just hadn't covered for a very long period of time, including the Razor, which yep. is such a challenging machine to do anything with. And, yep. we, and we'll talk with our guests about that in just a second. But Polaris does not make it easy for aftermarket accessories companies like us. And he really just killed it. And we've, we can't keep the Firestorm heaters on the shelf yeah. right now. And I'm sure that's part of what you're trying to do as it's GM true. daily right Keeping now. Keeping it straight. Yeah. So not only was it enough just to come into my first busy season with Moto Alliance, but then all I've been hearing about is, you know, the seasonality of some of these products and waiting for the, the, the cab heaters and the plows to, to, to drop. And it has certainly dropped. I'm seeing all the preparation that we've had with, getting the heaters ready to go. It is certainly the season now. So yeah. And somebody who's been selling our plows and Ollie plows and other products for a while that joins us is uh, Kurt from off-road armor. He's been on the Moto Alliance podcast before and Kurt, we're glad to have you back here with us on the Moto Alliance podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me back guys. Appreciate it. So, you know, the, the prompting question that we, we asked you to think about during that shameless plug section. And that is, what is the dumbest thing you've ever done on a UTV, but ended up having a very satisfactory outcome? Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate you giving me like a couple minutes to think about that because I've done a lot of dumb things. <laughs> and so, uh, narrowing it down is pretty difficult, but, uh, I would say actually <clears throat> really one of the dumbest things I've done was it happened this last weekend. Um, and we actually just opened up. And when I say we, uh, I just kind of helped promote it but um, a good buddy of mine opened up a new side-by-side racing track uh over at worldwide technologies uh over and we call it gateway dirtplex uh and that is in uh east st louis missouri and so uh me and you know quite a few other people went down there and we tried out the new track and uh um you know and it was supposed to be a practice day well, there's no such thing as practice in my vocabulary. I mean, as soon as I get on that track, I am <laughs> the, the throttles to the floor, the pedals to the floor for sure. And uh, so, so <laughs> there was probably, uh, I go around a turn and there's three guys in front of me and I'm like, man, these guys are going too slow for me. So I, uh, we, we were all approaching this, the biggest jump on the track and uh, realistically to get a nice launch in a, in a, short course side by side, you know, you kind of got to, it's like a dirt bike. You got to set your shocks up. So you, you get to the base of the jump, let off and then hit the, hit the gas again to get a nice launch. And you kind of launch a lot straighter and more flat. Well, I was going through three people and I'm like, man, I really want to get out in front of all these guys and practice. <laughs> and I didn't <laughs> let off the gas. And what that causes is the back end to get up above higher than the front end. <clears throat> and I just nosedived, not nosedove, right into the, the track. And I almost endoed. I almost flipped over and over. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, I didn't, but it tore the entire front of my machine off. I mean, 
radiator. Now I wasn't using my radiator. I actually have a radiator relocation kit, uh, on my machine, which, you know, when you're racing, you pretty much have to have it because the mud gets in that, you know, I race an X3, a Maverick X3 and the mud will get so clogged up that it'll, it'll, uh, your machine will overheat. So you got to remove the radiator and the fans to the back. So I still have my radiator there, which wasn't being used. And I tore every piece of plastic off the front of my machine. The radiator flew off <laughs> and I just kept going. I mean, the plastics are like hitting me in the face as we're going down. <laughs> and all when we got done, all my buddies that I was racing with, they said, was it worth it? Yeah. And I said, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. So if you guys want to look at what the machine looks like, I mean, the only thing you can see is in the front is the uh, the front diff and the shocks. There's no plastic, no headlights, nothing. Go on Off-Road Armor's Facebook page, and you guys can see that. It is hilarious. I, I put a picture of it on here. Uh, I did we a little yeah. video, too. Alicia, you definitely got to clip that photo and then put it alongside this podcast uh, as <laughs> sort of the promotion for what we're talking about here. Uh, Kurt, yeah, yeah. So like right out of the factory, we've heard great things about the X3 in terms of its racing capacity. Would you say directly unmodified out of the factory that it's sort of in the top couple percent of machines out there in terms of speed before you do anything to jack it around? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I raced, um, I raced last year with a bone stock machine and I actually won the, uh, I guess it was like the. I can't remember. They called it like the expert class. There's beginner, there's expert, and then there's, let me see. I got to take a look at my trophies here. Oh, yeah, there's the trophy. <laughs> that, I'm sorry, flip. Kevin. When is the last time you ever said, I've got to take a look yeah. at my trophy here? Already yeah. he's way cooler than we are right and here. I, even if we went back to my <laughs> yeah. childhood home yes, and right. like to my bedroom, there wouldn't be any. It's like so, participation yeah. trophy yes. shelf. It's not like an actual trophy trophy. Yeah. All right, Kurt, so what's your trophy here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was actually the first time I ever raced short course. And I mean, I've, I've been a racer all my life. And, and I actually won with my bone stock uh, machine with, with an X3. And, uh, and then once, you know, once you win or once you race, you get the bug. It, it doesn't matter if you win or not. As soon as you, as soon as you race, you get the bug. And you want to just keep doing it more and more. You know, you survived. It's one of those things like if you go skydiving, which I never have. I don't know. <laughs> If I have the guts to do that, I don't, but, know, yeah, uh, I don't know if I do either. Yeah. yeah, I want to. It's one of those things where when you survive, you're like, oh man, I can do it again. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, uh, I won with that. And then, you know, my dad came along and my dad, you know, he still lives vicariously through me. <clears throat> so he was like, well, I guess if you want to race, uh, you know, the pro class, we're going to need to put a lot more into this. Uh, so we did, we put a whole new front diff on, which was like four grand. Uh, we put a new drive shaft, which I think was two grand. Um, and then the relocation kit. And so, you know, honestly, we put uh double in the machine, what it's actually worth probably, you know, how that works. But, uh, um, yeah, that would, you know, that race this past weekend, uh, it's such a fun track. Again, if, if anybody in the Midwest is listening to this, uh, gateway dirtplex check them out on facebook there's going to be a whole race series next year there and kind of my goal is to uh do an off-road armor we already have an off-road armor cross-country series which is uh um it is more like an ultra four series where it's a you know a 10 minute lap through the woods and we had a race uh three or four weekends ago and 
there was only one guy that made it without breaking without breaking his machine out of out of like 15 guys and uh so it's it's pretty gnarly on your machine you got to have it set up right and uh i didn't even bother to do it this i i actually have one of my employees typically race that race as like a bonus i'm like hey instead of me giving you a bonus why don't you just go out and race? Cause I know you're going to cost me a thousand dollars. That's I, amazing. I swear to God, every time he's raced it, he flipped it and he's broken a trailing arm, trailing arm twice, a front a arm. And it's a thousand dollars every time For he races. Sure. So I'm like, Hey, there goes your bonus. Yep. <laughs> I was going to say like, that's probably where those sponsorships and whoever it is, like it could be just like the, the local campground or something like that. Just like helping pay for whatever you're having to replace after every race. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every single race, uh, there's something, you know what, honestly, if I don't win, but I'm able to drive my machine back onto the trailer without any help. <laughs> that is a win to me. Seriously. <laughs> Kurt, with uh, these conversations, oftentimes, just because, you know, this this whole industry is so new for me. So, what you know, when, when you start to talk about specific vehicles that you're using or whatever, I'm, I'm just curious, what, with the racing that you do, why why X3s? And, and, and maybe this is something within the industry that's kind of a Chevy Ford type comparison or whatever. But like, I just want to know what makes you race X threes and you know what it is about making the decision to, to be in those vehicles versus others that are you're racing against at these events. Sure. So I'm probably the bad guy to ask that because my, my dad, I, I have a PhD. Yeah. Papa had a dealership. <laughs> uh, so my, my dad, my uncle own a Can-Am dealership. Yeah. So, I mean, it only makes sense to uh, to to race Can Am when I can get parts for cost. Sure. Yeah, you know? for sure. Um, but if I wasn't in this situation, I still would run a, an X three, and I'll tell you why. Because if you take a look, and I think we might have brushed upon this our last podcast is, you know, Can Am in in terms of racing, they're they're winning the uh, uh, they're winning all of the. Um, the big races like in California, uh, I'm, I'm trying to say King of the Hammers. Yeah. So they're race, they're winning King of the Hammers. They're winning, uh, Reno to Nevada. Uh, so those, those two are some of the biggest races. They're winning Texplex, which, uh, and they're, they've got actually in a couple of weeks, I think they got the Oklahoma gold rush. Um, so all those races, you're seeing a K&M win. Now, granted, I think, that probably has to do with a lot more can am actually they they actually sponsor racers where Polaris doesn't. Mm. Polaris doesn't sponsor any racers. Mm. Uh but can am does. I mean they've got the Miller brothers, uh Cody and Hunter Miller, which are tremendous. Uh they've got um Dustin Jones, Justin ba- Dustin Battleax Jones. That guy is a tremendous person uh for for the sport. He actually worked, started working for S3 Power Sports, and then S3 Power Sports combined with uh, Can-Am. And, and that, actually, he's such a good guy. I'll tell you a little story about Dustin Battleax Jones. Uh, <laughs> Once he, again, like, I'm sorry, Kurt. I just, I, I need a nickname that is like Battleax Jones. I mean, <laughs> this, this, we're so in the utility market when it comes to side-by-sides. We just got to get in this racing market so we can get monitor or monikers <laughs> and destroy machines and stuff. This is amazing. Yeah. Did, did you guys know my nickname? No. no. So my nickname is Dirt. Just it's, Dirt. You know, my name's Kurt. Just Dirt. <laughs> oh, so, there's literally so, no chance I'm calling you Kurt for the rest of 2023 at this point. <laughs> like no chance. It's Dirt from here on out. 
Dirt. Yeah, I'm good with it. It, it works. It works. Everybody, <laughs> you know, nobody remembers the name Kurt or, you know, but they, they remember the name Dirt for sure. So uh, awesome. it, it kind of goes hand in hand. But uh, yeah, uh, my my uh, two year old, which I guess he I guess this was last year. So he'd have been one and he just started walking and uh, there was a huge crowd. And he he like got away from my wife and I just a little bit and was getting ready to run out into the street. And here this guy comes, he's like, come here, buddy, and grabs him. And I'm like, oh, Dustin, what's up, buddy? I've been mean, I've been wanting to meet you forever here. And uh, I'm like, thanks for saving my kid. Amazing. <laughs> so, it's always a memorable uh, moment whenever you can whenever you can meet a celebrity when he's saving your child. Oh, my uh, gosh. But, <laughs> that's that's brilliant. Yeah. So what are you when you talk about having to replace stuff again, because we're not quite as familiar with the racing circuit. And I want to hear a little bit more about your racing circuit, because I know you have some events going on. But um, wh- what are some of the most common parts that just get busted up and have to be replaced? If you if you said that 10 machines were racing, what's going to be the most common thing to break? An axle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your, your axles are going to be the most common things to break for sure. Uh, A-arms um hubs uh you know one of the things that us short course racers are dealing with all the time is these tracks have like a somewhat of a clay a clay base and uh what's happening is once that clay gets brought up and you start slinging it around it gets caught in your wheel and then your your wheel gets a rock in it you know, rock, like it might be this big or this big or whatever, but it gets lodged in with the, um, in with the clay and wears a hole right through your wheel. All I right. mean, as you're going, it'll just wear a hole. So you're, you're constantly replacing wheels, uh, tires. Um, I mean, you know, pretty, I would say pretty much all factory, <laughs> factory parts, uh, you know, like, um, uh, radius rods are a big one. I mean, the nice thing is though, and I tell all racers this, try to keep as much stock as you can on your machine if you're competitive. And the reason being is that like radius rods, for example, you can find them for a dollar a piece hmm. because everyone, all everybody that goes trail riding or whatever, they replace those stock radius rods. And the nice thing is if you break your radius rod while you're racing or something, you can always find somebody at the track that has uh, two or three sets. So you can always replace it easily. And radius rods, honestly, like they're not going to help you go faster. So that kind of stuff, you'll see a lot of, a lot of guys, uh, keep those stocked. They're just a real quick change. You get back out there. Um, and you know, a lot of guys like to run stock, you know, cheaper axles. I mean, my axles, for example, are $700 a piece. Oh Oh my gosh. 700 bucks a piece. Whereas like a super ATV axle, for example, is, you know, 125 bucks. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's how much you want to spend. It's a pay to play type Mm, of of game. And just so I'm clear, it's super ATV. I don't know if I've heard of them before. Are they an off-road accessories (laughs) company in, in our industry? No, yeah. <laughs> you know, we just stop bringing yeah, them on right. the moto. We're going to bring them on the moto Alliance podcast next week. Uh, you know, not that we're competitors at all. Yeah, <laughs> they did. They, yeah. No, they're actually great guys. We know those guys over there too. That that's been fun. I, so, Hey, I got a race, I got another racing question, but I'm going to turn it towards Kevin in a second. And then Kurt's going to have to be the one who's the definitive expert on this, given our collective ignorance about the racing community here, uh, Kevin, uh, if your race is, so I'm going to set the, the miles per hour here. 
you're, you're in a race and I'm going to say that the sustainable miles per hour that you have to be going in order to stay up with the rest of the pack, let's put it at 30 miles an hour and top speed is 50. Short track. Short track. Short track. Okay. Yeah. Are, you, are you taking the over under on sustainable miles an hour at 30 and top speed at 50? Is it the over or under on those numbers? And then Kurt will tell us. Under. You're saying under. Yeah. So under 30 miles an hour is where you have to be sustainable. But if you're just going to jack it up to try to pass somebody. Okay, Kurt, what, what yeah. is, so when you're looking down at your speedometer, so what kind of speeds are we talking about here? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, it really does vary by track. It does, okay. Um, it, it really does. Uh, you know, like when I, when I think of a track, I think of like, um, for example, Lucas Oil Speedway um, in Missouri here. You know, you got you to gotta hit it. You got to hit the jump at 100 miles an hour. That's uh, not true. Back. 100 miles an hour. Yeah, you got it. If you want to clear it, you got to hit it at 100. Like yeah. literally the needle on your machine, you're not exaggerating, goes to triple digits. In your X3. Oh, yeah. In your yeah, yeah. In, in your stock X3 or do you have to have that souped up? So you got to have it tuned. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you oh don't have gosh. to. Like if if you're running like beginner class, for example, I mean, those the beginner <laughs> guys. We'd be riding as beginner class. Yes. Yeah. But um in like expert or pro they're hitting it at hundred miles an hour. You know, they're running like an 85 E 85 tune. Uh, right now I'm running a 91 tune, which, uh, gives me like 205 horse. But these guys that are running pro they're running 300 horse. I mean, they're running X 85, which is like a hundred dollars a gallon or something like that. Oh my it's goodness. Ridiculous, right. <laughs> uh, so, so, I mean, if they use three gallons of race, they're using 300 bucks just to, but there's big payouts, you know, there's big payouts. And me, I'm not at that level yet. I'm not with those pro guys. So it doesn't make sense for me to, you know, tune my, up, tune mine up to an X85. But uh, when you're going, you know, they have a rhythm section. So you, you really got to go pretty slow, like 30 miles an hour through a rhythm section. Um, but I would say, you know, on three out of the six turns, you're at least doing 75 sideways. You know, you're sideways doing 75 and then. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I was right because I was talking about if I was racing (laughs) on these tracks, (laughs) if I was racing on these tracks, 30 miles an hour and under feels very comfortable. Yeah. Okay. I I think that. Okay. So you see you're right in a certain, certain kind of way. Curry, so you're talking about the cash involved when you won your, your trophy there on your shelf. Did you take home enough cash for a case of beer, a bottle of bourbon or something bigger and, and better? Zero, zero, zero cash for that class. Wow. Yeah. You know, unfortunately there wasn't very many racers there that day. Um, and I was nowhere near good enough to race the pro class where I think the pro class brought home like 1200 bucks. So wow. those pro guys, $1,200, that's what they spent on fuel Seriously. driving there, driving exactly. back home. <laughs> um, now if you're racing a bigger series, uh, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna bring home, uh, eight, eight to $10,000 for that race. Um, so I mean, over, over a year, you could take home a hundred, hundred thousand dollars. Um, just racing, you know? Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not the money that battle hammer man is making. (laughs) The battle axe Joe. What was his name? It was, it was battle axe. I just, that's my favorite name ever. Yeah. That's, that's brilliant. Oh my goodness. Okay. So what's, what's coming up on the calendar for you guys in terms of this, your, you're currently in a racing circuit. Is it (laughs) currently a season where you've got a number of races that are happening here consecutively? Does it work like a tournament or, I mean, how is this? 
how's this wrap up here for the year? Yep. So we had to push one of our, so the OAXC series, which is the off-road armor cross country series. That is, we, this is our first year doing it. And we, uh, had four races. So we've had three races so far. Um, we're going to have one on new year's, uh, new year's Eve or that weekend. Mm. Uh, that's a long weekend that weekend. So we're going to have our last one there. And, uh, I doubt, I mean, again, I'm just, I'm just sponsoring that series. I'm not sure if I'm going to get my machine out there or not. I'll probably honestly, in the middle of the winter, I'll probably have it all torn apart because I've got some, I got to look at my frame. I know my frame's all bent. I think it's cracked in a lot of places. So I got to go do a lot of gusset kits. Um, I know one spot where it holds the trailing arm in is probably, I, I might need to buy a whole new frame. We'll see. But so I'm going to let those guys that their machines are already set up for that. The, you know, the cross country scene, the ultra four type, uh, type race. Um, and then we've got, so I'm next weekend, I'm heading down to battle of the borders. Uh, that's going to be in Arkansas and it's going to be, uh, Missouri versus Arkansas. And I guess <laughs> Illinois is going to be wrapped in there. There's probably going to be some, a Texas team and an Oklahoma team, but, uh, each team is kind of going to consist of like 10 guys and we're going to add up our points, you know, whether that be the, uh, the, they've got a side-by-side short course. They've got the ATV short course. They've got uh, barrel races. Um, so the last time I was down there, I raced I raced an ATV as well. So I've got a 2002 Cannondale Cannibal that I raced. <laughs> and cool. uh, it I can't keep the darn thing running, but, man, when it runs, it runs great. <laughs> but uh, it I won $1,000 in 27 seconds while I was down there the last time. And... Uh, it was I, it was a barrel race, and I think the next closest was like 31 seconds. I did mine on the 27, and there was like 30 other people that did it. You know, so it was it's pretty quick. And, yeah, that, uh, and that, that just tracks for seventy thousand dollars an hour, just so you know. So you could you could get paid real well if you could keep that <laughs> that gig going. <laughs> that would be amazing. One of these days, hopefully. Well, and, uh, and, and in terms of your racing career, like uh, Kevin, as you might imagine, just being the unethical guy that he is, regularly skims off the top at Moto Alliance. He, he embezzles <laughs> some of the money. So if he, if he starts taking, let's say, his 10G a month that he, he takes from the company and starts funneling it your way, like how much money would you need to be sort of the Moto Alliance public face where you're winning all these races, even in the pro division? If we just started, you know, funneling, laundering money your direction. <laughs> Uh, well, you're going to have to talk to my wife about that because <laughs> if it were up to me, I'd be at every race in the Midwest every weekend. But, uh, the wife, I think I probably could have won. I, I think I probably could have won about $20,000 this year, uh, doing that. Um, yeah. but unfortunately I couldn't make it. I only made it to one race and then this will be <laughs> the second one because the, the wife and the kids got sports and stuff. So. Um, yeah, if you want to talk to my wife, she'll put a number on that for you. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So, but, uh, good luck. That's all I got to say. I love it. Well, before we let him run, uh, K book, you got any other questions about the racing circuit for Kurt? Well, I just know that, uh, yeah, with dirt, with dirt. I know Jake drove me by the, is it Elko that you have been up to, uh, in Elk river here? The, what's the track that you've been up? Are you, any plans of coming back up to Minnesota anytime soon? Yeah, yeah, I'd like to go to that ERX Motor Park. Yeah, up there. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was just such a blast. Uh, I mean, the people up in your state are are just so nice. Um, I mean, I never, I didn't meet a single 
You know, what, I guess it depends where you go, but nobody was stressed out. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you know, when you're, when you get closer to a bigger city, it seems like, you know, everybody's the hustle and bustle. Everybody's more stressed out, kind of a tight leash, you know, or uh, just a tighter personality. But like when I went up there, it was just real relaxed and it yeah. was, uh, it was a great time. So, you know, when, when I go back home, that's, it's a huge difference between where I live, like where I am right now versus where I, where I'm from. People are in a, people are not in a hurry a half an hour South where I'm actually from mm -hmm. versus here. I'm in a huge subdivision, 700 houses. Uh, you know, everybody's flying by me. I got like a highway out in front of my house and uh, everybody's just in such a big hurry. And I keep telling my wife, I said, Hey, let's go back to my hometown. And she's like, no, there's no target. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God. But yeah, it is what it is. It's kind of nice for in my subdivision, all the kids play and stuff like that. I know we got off, got nice. off topic there. Definitely a season of life though, but we talk often. Yeah. I mean, it just, it would be so nice to just get off the grid and just have it, you know, if you could somehow maintain connection with your friends that are around you and, and sort of ease uh, of seeing people, because sometimes you get off the grid and then you don't see anybody anymore. So it's that stupid balance, right? Between yeah. I'd like to have a little slower pace of life, but I want to hang with buddies too. Exactly. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, you know, uh, it's football season. And so I really like football and like going over to my buddy's house, watching football game, making some bets and drinking a few beers and, and some, some bourbon. Hey, I didn't drink bourbon this time. Next time, that was a gross oversight by us this time, Craig. Next time we'll, we'll pour a listen because I can actually see it where we're streaming this one. So we'll be able to do a virtual cheers next time we get together on this. Sounds good. Well, yeah, dude. Sounds great. Yeah, you're the best. Thanks for joining us here, Kurt, on this from Off Road Armor, talking all things racing. Kevin Book, another great uh, episode with Kurt yeah, here. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sorry. I keep calling him Kurt. We got to go know, to dirt in the future. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, to the Moto Alliance podcast. We'll catch you next time. Yeah.